Spending time at sea can be amazing, or it can be a disaster. And when things go wrong, there really isn't much that you can do a lot of the time. When nature acts out, sometimes the only thing that you can do is survive. Most of us think that we would do anything to survive. But what happens if what you need to do in order to survive isn't exactly legal? My name is Brianne, and I'm the host and creator of Among the Dirt and Trees, a show where we explore true crime cases that occur out in nature. In today's episode, we're going to discuss a legal case that shook the world when three men decided to do what they needed to in order to survive a shipwreck, and two of them ended up paying for it. Instead of two episodes today, I'm going to leave you with just one. And I do mean leave you with it. In personal news, I'm about to launch my new business website, and since I'm playing the role of designer, content creator, and business owner with this new move, I am absolutely swamped right now. I've been feeling the pressure of meeting my goals a little more these last couple of weeks, and my significant other pointed out that after creating over 100 episodes in a year, keeping the show running during travel and blizzards... You all might be able to live with it if I take a week off, so next week, there will not be any new episodes. I would encourage you all to catch up if you're behind, or even explore some other podcasters out there next Monday and Wednesday instead. And of course, I will be back the following week. Now, let's get to it. In 1884, four men found themselves shipwrecked after a particularly spirited wave came along and basically ripped off the side of their boat. Their names were Tom Dudley, Edmund Brooks, Edwin Stevens, and Richard Parker. The men made their way into a lifeboat and found themselves floating along completely lost at sea. Stories from the event would shock the masses, with the men telling everyone how they had to use their oars to bat away curious sharks at risk of throwing them from the boat. Sharks that they knew were just waiting for the right moment to enjoy a snack. Lost 700 miles away from the closest land source, there was not a lot of hope, but these men were fighters. They didn't want to die out at sea, and they were very determined to survive until they could be found. For two of them, this would be true until the very end. With knowledge of the sea, they knew that their situation wasn't good, but they also knew that it wasn't impossible. People do get rescued. Unfortunately, these men were not doing great. All they had was two small tins of turnips for survival, and as you might expect, this was not enough to sustain four grown men. Fortunately, they got lucky. While they drifted at sea, a sea turtle came by, and, um, I'm really sorry if you like sea turtles, but... A turtle sacrifice was the first step towards saving themselves. The turtle offered them meat, and more importantly... It offered them blood. Desperate times call for desperate measures, and when you don't have any clean water, you have to make do with what you do have. Sometimes, that means drinking turtle blood. And sometimes, like 
a few days later, it means drinking your own urine. These men were hell-bent on surviving. At least two of them were, and they started making all the decisions. As more time passed, the situation grew worse. The men began debating their options, trying to decide who would sacrifice themselves to keep the others alive. Parker, who was only 17 at the time, eventually gave in to the forbidden urge and he drank seawater. And we all know how that goes, right? More time passed and Parker was barely breathing. He was in the equivalent of a coma and the discussions of a human sacrifice were officially over. Parker would be used to keep them alive, but it also meant that they had to kill him. If they waited, his blood would turn. So they killed Parker as respectfully as possible and committed to one of nature's favorite crimes, cannibalism. Parker died, but the other three men survived long enough to be rescued. It was a bittersweet turn of events, and really, the men were haunted by what they had done. At this point, they all knew that they would never forget what they did to Parker, and that the knowledge would likely punish and haunt them for the rest of their lives. What they didn't expect was to get in legal trouble for it. In society, most of us assume that if we do something that really needs to be done in order for us to survive, laws go out the window and we are forgiven. If you're lost in the woods and you find a cabin with food, you're probably going to break into that cabin to get that food. No one's worried about stealing in that circumstance. And nowadays, we have protection for some kinds of things like this. And if your only option is to kill a dying man to save three, well... It's at least on the table, right? But 1884 London was a different time. The area was going through some interesting legal changes, and when the men disclosed what they had to do to the authorities, one person felt that they had knowingly committed a crime. The surviving men were arrested. I know what you're thinking. What an awful week, right? These men nearly die themselves and have to eat a young man that they all presumably liked. And then, when they get through it all, they are arrested. People were shocked. The story was horrible, but being arrested for it was even worse. Still, the courts were committed. The only issue was that they really didn't think that they had a chance of winning. They believed that the men would be united in silence and that people wouldn't convict them. And that wasn't going to work for the courts. They wanted to charge these men for their crime, but they needed to find a way to be successful or they'd miss their chance. So, they devised a highly controversial and very sneaky plan. The courts decided to drop the charges against Edmund Brooks. I'm not actually sure why he was selected, but I suspect it was because he was kind of the weak link out of the three of them. Dudley and Stevens were the ones who actually decided to kill Parker, but Brooks obviously joined them. So why drop the charges, right? Well, by doing this, the courts could call Brooks as a witness to testify against the two other men. And fellow true crime fans, he did. 
and then they basically called in anyone else who had heard the story. This did not look good for Stevens and Dudley. The men tried different defenses, pleading insanity, which I think is pretty fair given their situation at the time, but the courts wouldn't hear it. They said they fully knew what they were doing and decided to murder an innocent man. Ultimately, the case was handed off for a judge to decide, and he was not having it, so he called in some help from other judges, saying that he basically needed to talk with other people. I don't know if he was actually conflicted or just didn't want to be responsible for making a decision that was guaranteed to make someone mad. But a few judges spent a few days deciding the future of Stevens and Dudley. And when they came back, they would shock the world. The judges found the men guilty, and they were sentenced to the death penalty. These men literally dodged death just to be sentenced to death by an entirely different force. And I don't know who these guys pissed off in the universe, because holy crap, right? But there was some recommendation of leniency. In the end, the men were given six months in prison each. And I'm going to be honest, I absolutely assume that they were not friends with Brooks after that. Ultimately, these men did everything that they could to survive, and then they were told that they were wrong for it. This case is absolutely wild, right? It's one of those instances where we realize that context matters. One of the legal officials actually suggested that failing to punish this crime would encourage other people to do it, and that's certainly a crazy thing to say, in my opinion. Imagine actually standing up and saying that you believe shipwreck survivors should be punished so murderers don't start faking shipwrecks and eating the people that they take out on their boats. Obviously, legal loopholes are a very real concern, but this seems a little extreme to me. And most people felt that the story was just horrible. When the judges gave their final statements, they actually came out and basically said that Stevens and Dudley should have died rather than kill a dying man. These judges really said that their time was up and that they basically defied God and shamed him by surviving. It was... certainly something. And it reminds us that the law can be used to harm people in situations that the laws were never really made for. So, for this one, I have to say that I'm on the side of the cannibals. I'm sure those men never forgot what they had to do to survive, and I don't personally blame them for their actions. But, I'm sure some people do. So, if you want to discuss how to survive a shipwreck, fighting off hungry sharks, or laws that work against the people and not for them, feel free to contact me on Twitter or Instagram using the tag at datpod. Just give me a little time to respond over the next week, okay? <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs>